Welcome to House of Nerd. <laughs> Welcome to House of Nerd, buddy. How are you? I am. I am here. I'm living, living the, living the thing. I'm actually, in like an oddly good mood. I'm not sure why, but um, I can tell yeah. you why I'm in a good mood. Um, I mean, you just enjoyed yourself in the restroom for a little while. No, no, that sounds weird. Don't say that. <laughs> well, that's that's like that's a dad's only like solace, right? Like that's oh, how this man. works. Is that's the only time that you don't have an irrational human screaming at you. You do have to answer for it when you come out. Like, why are you in there so long? <laughs> um, My wife has definitely asked me what I do in the bathroom all day. <laughs> and I go, and I'm like, I go poop. Like, yeah, that's, that's what it you just do. it takes time. It take I, I do good work in there. It takes um, a minute. Um, yeah, sometimes you do your best work. <laughs> no, I, I am in a wonderful <laughs> mood. I will say, uh, well, I, well, go ahead. More, I, I, continuing along that line of weirdly inappropriate conversation, mm-hmm. um, where it is, it is like the only solace, or I would say it was, because once you have a toddler who's like vaguely mobile, there that is no longer a solace. That is suddenly a spot for them to explore as well. And oh wow. my God, I'm like, can I please poop in peace? Will you just watch Bluey and let me poop in peace? And she goes, no. Uh, and I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> well, I guess this is what we're doing now. Dada play, dada play. I am pooping. <laughs> and she goes, poop. And she gets super excited. And then she goes and plays in the bathtub. And I'm like, God. I just, I just, I just want to, I just want to poop with the door closed. That's I it. It's small. Want... It's the small things. My wife and I have gotten to, we've gotten to the place where we both sort of realize when the other person is just needs a break, like just, just needs a break. Um, you can see and, the thousand yard stare. Well, we have that, that camera um, that we keep in his room and he's been struggling this week um, with teething and the other day she came in the room yesterday um in fact and she came in the room it was about an hour before the florida state miami game and she came in the room and i was trying to get him to you know go down so i could watch the game and um she came in and she goes your shushing has has stopped being soothing now it's just a forced forceful command like <laughs> now it's just now um Shut the fuck up she goes they well, don't know <laughs> Why don't you just go take a break? And so, <laughs> I, I I love this woman more than life itself um, because she just she's she knew she knew that I needed a minute in that moment, um, but uh, which is um, good. And then there is this brief solace. Ah, uh, yes, the best hour or so of the of the week. Um, I know, and we get to podcast. I know, right? I was going to um, say the best hour of the week is—I don't know—it's a toss-up between podcasting and Andor. Uh, if you're not watching Andor, you are what wrong. Are you, what are you doing, right? Like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> what what uh, could you what could you be watching? What are like, you listening? Tell us, tell us what's better. Tell us what is better than this. Uh, this and is. If you say not being a giant nerd, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's been a really great weekend. Like our, our, our alma mater destroyed our rival last night. I mean, like destroyed. Um, like, like the largest point mar- point or victory margin in history. Um, in, in the history <laughs> of the, in the, the history of the series. Yeah. It was, 
I can't tell you how much I enjoyed last night. It was satisfying. The oh only thing that would make it more satisfying is if we had a friend who was a Miami fan. Thank God we're not that dumb, though. I mean, honestly, I know. like I know. I just take solace in that whoever pulled the gun, out, <laughs> we just trounced your team. <laughs> I I do remember that <laughs> distinctly. I was with you when that happened. Um, yeah, what the fuck? Oh no, that was no, that was my freshman year. I well, then I had an experience with you when that happened. <laughs> um, with when we had a gun pulled on on us. Oh, was Miami. So walking to the, we were walking to the strip. Um, I remember this. Well, now that I say that, I think you were with us. Did we um, both have guns pulled on us? Any fans? Because I was near Reynolds Hall. I was over. And we went inside, Street. and it was someone that I was. Uh, <laughs> no, we had two different experiences. Then Shocker! Of guns and then, and, and if anyone knows us. Miami fans, this is not a surprise. Uh, I say Miami fans, not Miami students, because they are very different Venn diagrams of people. Like those two, those two Venn circles. Like students I have of, respect, of Miami yeah. and Miami fans are two totally, totally like not intersecting groups of people completely distinct you know yeah. subsect right um right which they i mean 100 percent did not did not go there much like other people we know um, mm. about schools but they never they never pulled weapons on people as far as i know so we're gonna we're, we're gonna just drop in knowledge <laughs> for this week um <laughs> it's i have a, a crusade weekend, against buddy. this oh <laughs> <laughs> there are very few people who will get that joke. Um, but uh, the the, the that, four, actually. <laughs> the people. <laughs> that was a joke for a very small group. Very small group of people. Oh my god! Oh my and, god! And a few people who will now have questions. At some point, we're going to have to tell that story on the podcast down the line. Um, again, it, it becomes a question of. I mean, you can do it, but you know. You're not going to be friends with that pe- that person anymore <laughs> after you do it, um, dude. It's it's been a very very busy two weeks. We've been off on our release schedule, um, so we have a lot of news to go over. We have a lot to talk about. Um, we have a quite possibly, I'm going to say it again, the best episode of this series to talk about. Um, it's like I, I don't it's another one of the I forget the last one was where it was like holy shit like each episode is better than the last one like mm-hmm. be, and I think it's because of the slow burn like the, mm-hmm. the thing that all that the internet trolls are complaining about is the reason why this is so fucking good mm-hmm. like easily I I have started to see articles pop up comparing the the viewership numbers of Andor and Mandalorian. Hmm. This is this is they are doing very some of those very similar numbers, and I think it is it is not by accident that this show is doing fantastic numbers on the internet. Um, it's doing really really good numbers. Uh, but let's let's dive into the news because I I do want to get to the Andor. I want to get to the Andor information um, fairly quickly here if we can. Um, I've got a couple of Marvel notes. I've got a little bit of Star Wars information, um, 
any particular place you want to start this tonight or the beginning let's start with um this week is thor uh excuse me not thor but this is uh black panther uh black panther 2 comes out this week right um sweet huge huge moment in marvel nerddom and, and nerddom general in general and start um, the countdown for when i can actually go see it six months after it appears right um or after it first makes its a uh, first appearance on disney plus yeah let's uh, let's say let's say that's how i'm gonna watch it <laughs> deadline reported this past week uh that Cree summer is going to make an appearance in the uh black panther movie has joined the cast of ironheart um in a currently undisclosed role um <laughs> until this week <laughs> until this week uh, Deadline is also reporting that Sasha Baron Cohen is likely to appear in the the Ironheart series um, in a limited role, and Deadline is purporting that Sasha Baron Cohen is finally going to play the long-awaited Mephisto uh, character in the Marvel universe. Um, now, so, that was that was the most exciting piece of that news to me. Exactly was, I mean, say what you want about about Sasha Baron Cohen. I think he's a fucking mad genius. Like, if... I'm trying to... If you haven't seen This Is America... It like, is highly, a masterpiece. Highly recommend. It like, is a masterpiece. It is It is excellent. If you haven't seen that, definitely check that out. But I'm like, it, this... This could be... He's, he's a... He's a good actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, you can't... You can't pull off the bullshit that he has done for so long without being a super committed and decent like even halfway decent actor like you got to be able to do it so he's i feel like this is going to be if it's if it is indeed like confirmed and this is mephisto that's going to be a super cool role to to see what he does with it i think this is going to be uh, the the reason it's a big deal i mean we've been teasing mephisto since wandavision right which was you know january of last year um and, and to finally get him um this isn't you know scott's wonderful world of bullshit or you know the big disney magic website this is says we got this covered oh wait <laughs> deadline doesn't usually miss and so if they're willing to put their stamp on it i'm really really excited about the possibility of this coming and i'm eagerly awaiting this so agreed like I, i'm i'm excited for him more than who, who did you who was the Cree? Like, I'm, not even, uh, I'm honestly not even sure Cree who Summer. that is. Cree yeah. Summer. Cree Summer. I'm not sure if you are going to remember or recognize this person. I had to Google them. Um, but Cree Summer is a Canadian okay. uh, American actress. Uh, you probably have seen her um, or probably heard her. She was in Rugrats um, like a very long time ago. She was I'm the seeing voice uh, Atlantis, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, which is a criminally underrated movie. I did enjoy that movie. It's so lot. good. Um, oh, I have very, very, very fond memories of that movie for reasons we will not discuss in this podcast. <laughs> it's probably a good idea. Um, moving on, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, now that, that we have gotten so very close to Black Panther coming out this Thursday, um, we're starting to see, we've seen a trailer now for Ant-Man and Wasp. Um, we're starting to see a few more little bits of bits and bobs of news coming out about this movie. Um, this is going to be Quantumania. This is the movie 
that is going to introduce us to Kang the Conqueror. Um, we've already met him, but you know, yeah, it's going be... to introduce us as like an act, like actual Kang the Conqueror. Like exactly. we just kind of saw. I I forget the the name of the the character. We saw the he the who guy. remains. Yeah, um, which is a variant of Kang, but Kang the Conqueror is the the Kang variant that he who remains is, is frightened by. Um, if I'm if I'm not butchering that, um, so. Uh, the, the big news here is uh, William Jackson Harper, who you will remember from the delightful uh, Good Place, this is the Good Place uh, TV show, um, it has joined the cast of Ant-Man and uh, the Wasp Quantumania in an undisclosed role being a closely guarded secret. Um, the yeah, speculation he is delightful here, as well. He plays Chidi in yeah. um, the Good Place. Um, the speculation here is that William Jackson could be playing uh, Fantastic Four's Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards, um, which would be huge news for the Marvel Universe, if 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 so. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would be interested in that. That is that is a big potential spoiler. So I'm, I'm I guess hoping... it, I, I feel like the spoiler might depend on how the election goes tomorrow. It very well could, because uh, depending um, on if uh, you know a bunch of fucking white supremacists are suddenly in office and those those assholes are emboldened, maybe we don't see him. Sadly, man, is that is that too on the nose? Because uh, it feels what? it feels like it's going to be right. I don't think so. I'm yeah. holding out hope for you know some things, some good things um, to happen, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, um, we'll see. Oh, uh, Tuesday, not tomorrow. Sorry. Rounding out our news this week um we we talked about this movie last week um but i do have a little bit more to share now uh this is coming from io9 um and from giant freaking robot so mm. dually dually sourced here um but that's talk- the only way you can do it we got this covered i actually got suckered <laughs> into reading one of their articles and i was like oh this is the same bullshit that it always has been sweet so we talked a little <laughs> bit last week about damon lindelof um working on the new super secret star wars movie um now we have a little bit more information. Um, we don't, but um, sources are confirming to IO9 and uh, let me rephrase IO9 is reporting on this, this giant freaking robot uh, story. So, this take this with a grain of salt. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to <laughs> confirm this. Um, this is fucking Newsmax, but uh, sources are, are telling. Uh, reporters that Oscar Isaac has officially agreed to reprise the ro- role of Poe Dameron um, for the upcoming project and that this series purportedly the reason he's coming back is because it's going to be more dark in tone um, and along closer along the lines of Rogue One. So not um, because it's greener? No. By that I mean <laughs> significant amounts of money <laughs> being no. just like shoveled at him. Which, hey, that would be awesome if you're doing it because it's like, oh, I like the role and I want to explore what this role is in a little bit darker context. Cool. Unfortunately. I have, I have my doubts. Um, you know, I mean, look, Oscar Isaac, he's just coming off of, I mean, we just covered him, you know, in Moon Knight. And I think that was critically acclaimed. And we've, we know that Moon Knight is going to make an appearance in the MCU, not necessarily, you know, another season, but in some form or fashion it makes sense that he would stay, you know, within the Disney family. Um, At least for a little while. Yeah. You can't confirm anything, obviously. 
Um, but it, it, it certainly appears that, you know, this movie is starting to take more shape. Look, it's, it's stories about star Wars. I'm, I'm going to talk about them, right? I'm happy. I mean, that's, that's good news. That's all serious news to me. Hey, we're getting stuff happening here. Um, which much like, much like the news stuff is happening this week on Andor, um, which is just, I, I think. Wait, I was that the pivot? Is there, is there, is there, there is, news? but I'm ready to talk about Andor. Okay. Um, I, okay. thought I was, was I was going to say nobody, nobody's listening. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> that was well done. Um, that pivot. was much, much better pivot than um, my, my attempt. <laughs> uh, look, well nobody's, nobody's listening is the ninth episode of season one of Andor directed by Toby Haynes, written by Bo Williman, uh, original air date, November 2nd, 2022. I felt like standing up and giving a giving a standing applause at the end of this episode. Like that that scene at the very very end, I was like, "Ooh, shit!" Like some stuff is about to happen, and I. Oh, this man. is this is Luthen's plan. Like this is so that's that's one of the things that I love about this episode is, like you you see the fruits of of Luthen's plan, but in a microcosm with Andor. Like this, this was his goal. Oh I know God. we're, I know we're jumping straight to like yeah. straight to the yeah. end game, but like the goal was to make it hurt so bad that people would rise up. And it appears, and well, the, yeah, the yeah. hardest of the hard, like the <laughs> one who was the most, most loyal, like the dude, the dude was a supreme leader in the first order, for God's sake, <laughs> and he is turning. He um, is, and he's ready he, to go. Let's let's start at the beginning, yeah, um, because I feel like that's a good place to start. Um, episode nine, episode nine. So we're gonna All break the, it up as we nobody's listening. We're gonna we're gonna go, I guess, arc by arc. Um, I'd like to start with Lieutenant Miro, um, because I think she has two distinct storylines this week, and I think they're both good, um, but one of them is a little bit more important than the other one. Um, which I'm, I'm curious if we're going to agree about this, but uh, Deidre has the first, her first storyline is with Bix, um, right? Which is, we're back, we're back on. Um, this is the storyline that stuck with me like days, like days after. Like I was still thinking about this storyline days after I watched this. It's just, so. Really so the implications. Off, yeah, we left off last week with with Bix in you know the interrogation room, um, you know, kind of being lightly threatened. Um, this week we get you know introduced to a specific Doctor Gorst, um, who appears to be uh, I'm going to call him a sociopath, just from the way he is so friendly and so calmly talking about the things that he talks about. Um, so you, you get the lead up. Uh, Deidre, you know, tells Colleen, uh, she tells Bix basically everything we know, right? Hey, we know there's a radio. We know that you're the only one who uses it because Salman told us everything, right? Like we basically broke this dude. Um, yeah. And now you, we know everything that, you know, he knows. We've drained him of information. Um, and sanity. And, and, and we find out at the very tail end of this episode, um, he's going to be hung. Like he, he is not very long for this world. 
presumably. Um, and, I, I, and just so, so like so casually is that like that's the that's the part wow. that I'm kind of like Jesus Christ like it's it's just so casual. Remember, they're, they're like, "Hey, can I hang him?" And he, yeah, she's like, "What? Yes, whatever, Fuck, man, whatever." Like, do you do you? And I'm like, "Remember a few Phew. episodes ago when we met this lieutenant for the first time, and he's like, "Hey, can I take the hotel for my headquarters?" Um, like he was, he was. I don't know if I want to say like green, but maybe like it it's was, like the make a, so, make a name for yourself kind of thing. Like so he, callous. Yeah, he wants to he wants to establish of his his place in this oh horrible God. order like i want to join the ss uh-huh that's kind of what it felt like um but basically we learned that salmon is you know salmon is broken mentally because dr gorse um introduces the the concept i mean it, she knows she knows everything and it it struck me in this moment that Bix is not a rebel. She's just she's just a person who cares about Andor, right? Like it looked to me like Bix was going to tell her everything. Like she's just going to confirm. I mean, she's like, you know, everything that I know that I would hide from you. Like I'm just going to confirm everything. Like all she's doing, all she was doing, really is stealing. She wasn't murdering anyone. She wasn't fighting anyone. I mean, I think she, she is a rebel. I don't think she is. I, I really don't think she is. Um, I mean, we we have her talking about Andor's mom, and like they they know she's a rebel that she's decided uh, to do that. She's, I, I I was I don't know I felt like she was the one that kind of was pulling Andor in to that to the life, like trying to test the waters and pull him into the life to see like hey are you ready? Like she's she's like I I mean maybe maybe a little bit of like half i'm doing this to eat because i need food and this is one way that i can keep food on the table but i think also like she believes in the cause i believe she thinks that things are bad um she doesn't like pre more uh, um like the or pre-ox the more the more you know the the first security forces that we meet um like the guys who killed them yeah uh I think she thinks those people are evil. Um, but I just, I, the, this, the bit with Dr. Gorst and he explains, I mean, the, the concept of torture as using sound. Um, this is so what stuck with me. There's an outer rim moon called Dizon Frey. It was a sentient species there, quite unusual, extremely hostile to the concept of an imperial refueling center that was being planned. I say was because they created such a stir that the local commanders were granted permission to use any means necessary. And, um, well, what's important for our purposes here today is that the massacre of the Dizonites was broadcast and recorded as proof of mission. They make a sound as they die, a sort of choral, agonized pleading. It's quite unlike anything anyone has ever heard before. There were three communications officers monitoring the documentation. And they were found, hours later, huddled together in, in various states of emotional distress in a crawl space beneath the ship's bridge. We've taken the recordings and modified them slightly, layering, adjusting, and we've found a section of what we 
believe are primarily children, which has its own particular effect. This is so what stuck with me. He just so calmly talks about that there's an outer moon, outer rim moon called Dizon Frey, um, which he called, I mean, he says there was a people that lived there um, who were exterminated, yeah. which is... Right. He's just like casually going, oh yeah, so we did a genocide. Um, oh my God. And we discovered that that they scream and it makes people upset. But we really discovered oh. that the children, like the, the young, oh. the young of there, like if we, if, if we really like murder the shit out of the kids and record it, that makes people go crazy in a special way. So we really like that. And that yeah. seems to be working out. So we're going to go ahead and test that back. And I'm like, fuck man. Who had like, that idea? Fuck. <laughs> um, right. I think I can probably guess. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I've gotten to, to experience some of that and, and know mm. exactly, exactly what he's talking about. Um, but he says, he says that when the, the aliens die, they make a coral agonized sound, um, which apparently there were three Imperial officers who were monitoring the, 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 I guess, I mean, it's not, yeah, they Not discovered it by a they discovered it by a happy accident. It's a genocide, and they became yeah. so traumatized. They were like hiding, they were hiding under their desks or something like that. And they recorded this sound, and they're now going to use it because they've got this awesome headset that they're just going to place on Bix's head and just play until she goes fucking crazy. Yeah, we um, already saw the results of it with um, guy with the S name. Uh, salmon. salmon yeah salmon back. like they already they already used it on salmon so oh hey it's functional it works sweet let's let's do it like that that part is what what stuck with me like if, oh, for this it's this hard episode. to listen to it's yeah. it's 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 you know this is not real but it's no i hard to watch. i don't think this is i don't think this storyline like that this like part i don't think this is fake like i i mean yes the 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 names have been changed but i can almost guarantee you that this happened like for real in history like i think it probably happened in guantanamo bay i mean i think this is guantanamo uh let's say right around the end of the 30s beginning of the 40s um in the in, in the 1900s uh, probably somewhere around there i i would imagine that these like these experiments didn't just someone didn't just sit around and go hmm, this would be a this would be an interesting sci-fi story to show how evil these people are this is like a um this this happened like if someone thought of it for just a sci-fi show you guarantee it somebody thought about it before 
like this is not by itself and i think that's that's part of the reason that like this storyline is stuck so much that it's like just it's just evil <laughs> it's stuck with me since yeah friday night we see it continue to go through like we see the ramifications of this and i'm i'm <sighs> wondering if the noise so i'm wondering if the interrogator droid in episode four Mm-hmm. If that like, boop, 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 boop. like if that's the start, like the, them drumming up that noise, and they're going to inject Leia and then play this noise to try and drive her, drive her insane, and get her to tell everything. It's I wonder such, if that's it. That's the thing that I thought about honestly. Is like you think about the way that Vader tortures Han in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Some fucking right? sparks. Get out of here. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I assumed he's being lured into you know some kind of like you know, electric burn, you know, torture chamber type situation. Um, like almost all of the Star Wars movies have some torture component in them, which is interesting. And we'll probably dive into that on another day. Um, but, George, you all right? <laughs> but this is the first time I think we've really seen psychological torture. Um, and, and it's, they weren't afraid to go there. Like they really went for it with talking about this. They're talking about genocide. I mean, I know this is the Empire, and it just—it's this is not a lighthearted, you know. Like consequences are happening; things are real. Things are happening in this show, and I think they've—they've they've gone to a length to start to portray how evil the Empire is. Yeah, like we've—we've we've never it's really seen that before, right? Yeah, he, he's doing this with glee. It's not faceless people. Like this is a scientist that is gleefully torturing, like people just like with the with the screams of an innocent dying race like and he's lost and homeboys over here yeah yeah just, just getting after it he enjoys what's happening he has lost his grip on reality i think i mean how can you be a human and and i i don't know i just this is yeah probably too much talk about genocide in all honesty um <laughs> for a for a monday night <laughs> Yeah, but I just it's uh, let, let's like talk it, about it sticks like it's impactful. So I think that's mm-hmm. key is that like you can you can feel like, yeah wrong and it's just showing even more so that the imp- is full of even and you, you go back and forth. The- like with what about all the contractors who are just sitting there just like cleaning toilets what about them and it's like well yeah there are those people who are you know maybe just doing this for a job or you know what whatever but then there's people like this motherfucker who are like literally engaging in genocide and you've got you've got to have an idea that that's what's going on in your company you know yeah you you know what's right and what's wrong, in my opinion. I mean, we are all, I mean, we might differ around, you know, 25, 30% of right and wrong, but you know what's right and wrong. Um, this guy knows it's wrong and he is reveling in, you know, he's reveling in this because he discovered something new and, and he's going to be the, pri- the pioneer um, right. of how this goes. I hope for my mental sake that we see Dr. Gorse die. Um, a a horrible no good very bad death exactly (laughs) exactly well let's talk about Deidre uh, from the context of not um, 
not genocide. Not genocide. Um, there is a scene, and I, I forgot about this scene. So I guess there's three storylines that involve Deidre. Um, but there is a scene here with Deidre talking to Major Patergaz about the connection between what happens on Ferrix and the Aldani heist, which I thought was really cool of the the show to kind of give us a chance to, you know, we're, we're portraying the ISB as like this know-it-all, like they're the intelligence service, like they're supposed to be the smart Imperials. Watching them put putting this together, right? Like, you know, what starts as kind of, uh, you know, oh, well, you know, these guys were shaved. You know, it couldn't be these these people, you know, that were on Ferrix because they had beards. And, and to just like the <laughs> logic, watch them logic through it. And they're like, wait a minute. You can like, shave a beard. You can shave a beard, right? <laughs> um, it's it's intriguing. I mean, look, it, it's a very short scene and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. But I think that it's very, very telling that they, they take the time to show that like these Imperials, the, this group of Imperials, and Deidre especially, is very, very smart, right? Like she, there's a reason that Major Partagaz brought her from wherever she was to the ISB. She knows what she's doing. Um, and I think she's going to be the key. You know, here, heretofore, like I've, I've said on this podcast, like maybe she's going to be redeemable. Maybe she's going to be the Imperial that like stops, you know, being on the rebel, being on the Empire side. I, I don't think that anymore. Like no. with, with a little extra context. There was an actual, like the news story this week, I think that was like, no, no one's rooting for me after this. Yeah, no, not after you willingly do what you did to Salmon and Bix. Yeah. And um, you, I mean, you know where the sound is from, like you, you know what you're doing and how you're using it and what your, what your end goal is. It's not even in justify the means. It's just like, yeah, whatever. Fuck him. Like, mm-hmm. sure. You want to hang him? Hang him. I don't I care. Don't care. Like, what, these, these aren't people. You know, what was so telling, though, was the other main storyline for me for Deidre was this interaction between Deidre and Cyril, right? Um, <laughs> so fucking creepy. <laughs> Homeboy is a stalker. This was this was weird um, because I could almost see a little bit of romantic undertones, um, but I, I, I don't. I know I don't what think you mean. So. I don't think so. I think it's more devotion to the cause. Yes. I thought I thought he I thought he like idolizes her as, as a woman and like, hey, you love the Empire the way that I love the Empire. That is not what's happening here, I don't believe. I believe he loves the way that she loves justice. Like you you're pointing me in the right direction. I hate Andor so much. Like you and me together, we can save the empire. Like no one else can save it but us, right? Um, I can see that. Uh, I, I don't I'm, know where I'm, where I'm are on you board. I'm on board with that. So I, I, I definitely don't like. I could see how you would see some romantic tension because there's a male and a female on screen, and that just does seem to be kind of like the mo for. Yeah, especially if you don't have there's no there's no real romance or anything like that in this show and it's like oh well they're missing that maybe this is it um right no i i don't i don't think so i don't think that's the goal here i don't uh, that's not that's not the story that we need to tell like it doesn't 
that doesn't matter. I, I think it is the, the whole concept of justice. Right. And he, that that's what he believes. View of it. Right. Like this is justice. I, I just, that was her thinking that he was stalking her was the lighthearted comedy of this episode for me. Um, and I, I, I did. <laughs> and that's fucking that. heavy and depressing in and of itself. It is. Um, Buddy, I apologize. I think I told you that, that Deidre had two storylines. Check says four this week um, because I'm realizing that I forgot. Uh, the I'm I'm not sure how important this is, but there is that scene with uh, Deidre and Major Partagas late in the late in the episode where they capture a rebel pilot, um, and we kind of hear a little bit more about Pai Mei. And we hear a little bit more. We hear that this pilot is part of Antwerp Krieger's group um, and that he is potentially looking at, you know, attacking the power station on Spellhouse, which Luthen went out of his way a few weeks ago to try to, to loop in. Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Forrest Whitaker and his group. Yep. Uh, oh, that's going <laughs> to bother me. Um, oh, we are professionals. Saw Guerrera. Saw Guerrera, Thank you. <laughs> I think had Moskatana in my head, and I was no, I cannot. And I'm like, that is totally wrong. That's the the wrong end of the spectrum. I wonder if we're going to see any more of Saw, because now that now that I feel like this story with Spielhouse and the power station, I I wonder if Saw is going to actually work with Anto Krieger's group to attack that power station, Um, because this whole bit about. You know, like they very clearly, again, just the callousness that they're talking about of like, we've got someone captured. Well, what if we kill him and we make the ship look like something happened? Like, like they're just discussing murder. Like the, there is no, you know, prisoner of war. Like they're just going to kill this. They're going to kill this pilot and make this ship look like, you know, something happened so we can track them. That's awful. That, that's just, they don't play by any rules. You know it's, it. It's very CIA. Like it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. we just need the, We need the optics to look like this. So therefore, sure. Yeah. Fuck it. Kill him. Like who? Who cares? Like he's. They're not people. They're things. Like people. People don't exist here. That's one of the big delineating things between the Empire and the Rebellion is it's the people versus the faceless whatevers. Like nobody has a face in the empire. Like you, even even the officers all look the same. Like everybody looks looks the same. Mm-hmm. There's no there, there's no differentiation. Like Thrawn is only one slave that's not, not a, an Englishman, if you will. Yeah, he's not. You know, because he's blue. Because his skin is blue. That's literally the you know the only differentiating and fact I, about. I yeah. did see I, a, an article this week about. They're only humans in Andor, and I, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's something to discuss once we once we. Uh, yeah. But I feel like that's a very interesting question. I would be interested in um, in your take on that at some point in the near future. But don't forget about. Yeah, it. we can totally we can totally dive in on that. I'm making a note to talk about that. Um, there is actually there is historical Star Wars historical a Star Wars historical answer to that. Um, making a note uh 
I mean, without going too far into it, there is there is a specific book series that has devoted almost a chunk of an entire book to discussing the empire's human first policy. Um, oh, and, and so I I don't I, I don't necessarily mean the empire like that. Yeah, they're a bunch of fucking racists. Um, mm-hmm. Cool, but and or specifically, like this show has only humans. Like, oh. you have humans and some droids. And I, I thought that was interesting. Like, my, my cynical brain immediately went to uh, budget. <laughs> like, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, CGI is expensive, and this is already pretty enough. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably a very expensive show to shoot, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then add even more CGI for, like, for recurring characters of aliens on top of that, or of different different species and all that kind of stuff, like, on top of it. Um, but I, I'm I'm kind of wondering what like a like an explanation of why it only has humans. We will add that to the list next week. I will try and come with an answer um, to better to better speak about why that is happening. Um, so Some... I'll take that as a note. <laughs> research might actually be research in this situation. Um, <laughs> so. I, I think it. I think I'm ready to move to a, a new character. If you are, um, not not a new character. Yeah, she's but an old she's character. fucking evil. I'm not gonna cheer for her. like I really wasn't cheering for her in general. Uh, but yeah, she's fucking horrible. So cool. I kind of was, <laughs> and that's what makes me mad. Truthfully, um, <laughs> they, they got gotcha. you. Yeah, they did. They really, really did. Um, hey, you want to talk about Vel? for a minute and the fucking little loop-de-loop they pulled on this one um Velsar where have you been traveling for six months there's a lot to see I don't have enough to worry about look at you the empire doesn't rest long the rebellion comes first we take what's left tell me you're going home for a visit they've been after me to find you of course just came through to see you first and get cleaned up a bit. Seriously, Bill, what does he have you doing? Who? You're one to worry about. Trapped here, boxed in. Please tell me you're being careful. Things are happening. There's risk. There's no other way. I'm starting to think we're never I had. It's got a spinning Stop. perfect. He's actually Mon Mothma's cousin. Yeah, love it. That was something I had not even begun to think about. Um, And if you look back on it, the clues are all there, right? Every time Vel is talking to anybody, you know, there's mention of her being you know, the spoiled little rich girl, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, her lover says to her, I'm a mirror. I show you what you need to see. Uh, Oh my God. This was, this was I feel like this was perfect. And it's it's like, it it takes this into, like there's a different context now for a lot of this. Like the, I always feel like she's the, the kind of black sheep of the family who's taken her straight laced sister into this cause. And like, I mean, she is, she's like rebellion spy, like straight up. 
that can blend in anywhere. Like if you'd notice, she the same colors as in mm-hmm. every to blend in and she does it well and she blends in in high society and blends in with a group of rebels just as just as effortlessly which is fantastic to me it is like that was super cool it is very well done the way that they they kind of make her when she's with actual rebels right when she's actually on aldani and and she's you know working with her her i guess you call her her lover i mean when she's working with those re- rebels she is this battle hard girlfriend too. Like, right girlfriend, lover, like, yeah that's, that's a better way of saying it but but she's this battle hardened commander who she knows luthan she is you know she is 100 percent into the cause but you bring her to Coruscant and you put her around mon mothma and you realize that she she really is a spoiled little rich girl who's you know acting out her she's acting out her her i guess her i don't know desires is not the right word but maybe she's acting out her um i don't know you remember the character that was writing his manifesto in the journal yeah i feel like vel and he are very similar just brought up differently Right, like Vel had the, the rich kid, the rich kid playing war. It, there debate. you go. Kind of like I think we were talking last week about um, Jean Valjean and you know the 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 students, you know, playing at revolution, right? And they just get fucking massacred because they're fighting the army. Like this feels very much, very much the same, right? Like it's kind of that that deep um, told again here that they see injustice and you hear it when Mon Mothma is giving her speech to the, the Senate. And I thought that was really well done how they played with, like I interpreted when people turn their lights off that they stop listening, right? Like that thus that nobody's listening for the episode. Um, I, I, I don't I think made, they're listening in general. Like I, I in, don't think they were. No one, no one is. They don't, they don't matter. They don't think that they would be, even considering leaving, even considering any kind of escape or revolution in that in that prison, I, I, I just thought this was. I just thought this was really well done. The fact that they give us a chance to learn a little bit more about Mon Mothma, you know, we get to see a little bit more about Lita, Mon Mothma's daughter. There's something there. Like she, they keep bringing her around into the fourfold of this story something is going to happen there I, I feel like I don't know what quite yet um, but I just I can't imagine they're spending all this time with Mon Mothma's daughter to not have some kind of emotional payoff there you know what I mean Like, I, I almost feel like she's going to end up being being the one that pushes her mom out of the senate like pushes her on the run essentially like, hey, I found out what you're doing. Right. Um, I told Dad. That could be an interesting storyline. Like, she chooses the Empire over her own mother. Yeah. Um, and given, you know, what we find out later is, is you know, that even the Chindril and Banker is having a hard time, you know, hiding Mon Mothma's movement of money all over the place. Like, 
I think we might be headed in that direction. That that might be that might be very astute, sir, on your part. Um, oh, I, I am I am interested to meet this Davos Skulden character, um, the kind of wealthy, you know, underworld type character who wants to meet Mon Mothma specifically so they can figure out how to hide how, this for how badass would it be if it was Paul Bettany? That would be pretty cool. <laughs> um, I think that would be pretty cool. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. That would be really cool if they did that. But, but I, no, yeah, I, I would, I would be interested to see more of the, like the underworld and the different, like the, was it Crimson? Why am I blanking on all these names now? Like Crimson, Crimson Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, and all the different, like the syndicates. It, like I would be interested to see who's the, who's in charge of some of the other ones. And, Black Sun, yeah. yeah. I, God, it's, if it's Prince Shizor, like. uh, <laughs> that would be. I feel like they could sneak that in. Just, I mean, how, like, look, it's something in the hard, background, right? How hard would it be? Like to a, have a guy Have a guy dressed up in, in green, you know, green body paint with Leku, and just have him walk around in the background, like, oh, that's Prince Shizor. Like that'd be <laughs> fucking cool. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I would. I would very much appreciate that. But, I'm here for that. Well, I think, you know, as I discussed this, as we're talking through this, I realized that, like, this was a very heavy episode um, for Mon Mothma and, you know, Deidre and even for Bix. Um, you know, Andor, obviously, we haven't talked about yet. But, you know, I realized we didn't see very much of Luthen this week. No. At all. Um, yeah, very, very little. I, I don't know that we actually even saw him. Did did we see him at any point? I don't think so. I don't think he appears at all in this episode, which is interesting. Um, but I'm ready to talk about Andor if you are, sir, because I think this oh, is yeah. where the the bulk of this this episode lies. Um, which I I feel like they kind of telegraphed this with Olaf a little bit. Um, Last week, when we meet Olaf, we find out that, you know, he is, he's a little bit older. He's a short timer, right? Like he's, you know, he's not here for very long. Um, he's about to be, he's about to be uh, presumably, you know, sent home on furlough. Like his, his sentence is over. Right. He's, um, he's about out. But I did, the second that they showed us that Olaf is having trouble with his hand, and that, you know, Andor has to swap with him and like they're covering for him. Yeah, I was I like, he's not like, he's not long for this world. He's not gonna make the episode, or at least he's not gonna make the next episode. I um, kinda I kinda think that was the point, you know? Like to it, I don't think they were trying to hide it. It's one of those where you're like, no, like no, come on, man. No, no. Don't do this. Like But but that's yeah, that that's what you're kinda hoping maybe maybe it's not going to happen and it's just it's just like watching a train wreck like you're just you're just moving straight towards the inevitable oh so i i did really like how they cut between the the Olaf story and they show very clearly that andor has not given up on breaking out right that had he they did a very interesting thing here with some of the other characters in this first you know this first scene with him in the prison about how some of the other characters are kind of like cooperating such working with Andor about how to cut, you know, pipes, how to, 
like they're they're sharing information right um and it's 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 the spirit right like andor has that never say die like he's not just going to give up he's not ever going to be kino and and be the guy who just you know all right i just got to do my time and get out like he thinks he's been wrongly imprisoned which he has um but he is not going to just roll over and take it um which if he's been wrongly imprisoned how many of those other guys there have been wrongly imprisoned that's just it's just rough and then to compound that you know you go immediately from that to the scene of the prisoners you know as they're changing shifts you start to hear a little bit about um you know trouble on level two and kind of this like hey there's there's issues happening there's stuff going on um i got a little claustrophobic when they turned the power off, when they were all in that tube, like I was sitting in bed, and I got a little, I got a little claustrophobic. <laughs> like, don't like, like that. Nope, nope. Would prefer that not to happen. Um, I I find it interesting that the Empire is allowing the communication back and forth like that. Really, like they have to know what's happening in those tubes between the the the, the levels and the cells, right? I don't do think, think they, they care. They just don't care. Right. I, I really think it's it's apathy. It's the these again going like that's kind of the theme of this episode is like these aren't people like these are just these are just things that are here to use, discard and throw away. That's it. Like they're they're not human. They can't they're not capable of thought. Like, I mean, this this plays itself out over history over and over and over where it's it's like, oh, yeah, they're they're animals. It's like whatever, like toss toss them in the hull of this ship and we'll dump them overboard if they die. It doesn't matter. Like it's livestock. Like they're not capable of, of thought. So why would they even need to monitor them? That's why he's like, nobody is listening to us. Like no one is listening. Is like, we can plan whatever we want. They. You never think about escaping. Like we can plan whatever we want. They don't. They aren't there for it. It doesn't matter. It's it's just, you know, the line that Andor delivers about, you know, we're cheaper than droids. They don't. It's it's just it's, yeah. It livestock. It's, like it's that same that same thing. It's heartbreaking. I mean, it yeah. really is. Um, but. I do think it's interesting that, I mean, and then this is the central tenet of this. <laughs> in my, this, in my head, how the world works by Bo Burnham is playing. <laughs> yeah. Don't you a, know the world is built a, with blood a, and a genocide bit. and exploitation. And it, it's like, it's legitimately that line is this episode. Like that's where we're, we're just watching genocide and exploitation. And like, oh. It's just, <laughs> it's just, the central tenet, like the whole point of this is they have broken most, a lot of these people. I don't want to say most, but a lot of is broken. Like he has got his head down so far in the sand. He, he only knows his shift. He's got 217 shifts left. Right. And, and seeing him not give the information 
about, you know, how many guards there are to Andor. It, it it's what makes that scene at the end that like ah here we go like you know what I mean like like <laughs> yeah. my blood got going when he said that um at the very th- I mean, we'll talk about that when we get there but like I just I I feel so bad for these people I I really genuinely feel so bad for them because you you hear this like I have to imagine. Like, I mean, and I, this is going to sound very privileged, so, you know, bear with me. But, like, they're talking about, like, the, the gossip, right? And, like, the spread of information. And, you know, it's the fact that 100 men on level two were electrocuted because they rebelled. Or, um, you know, that's that's what they're told. And Kino is telling them, like, how long does it take, you know, for one word to get to us normally? Like, you don't know. You don't know anything. Right, and yeah, just, you don't know. You don't know what's happening here. It reminds me so much of when we were in the school we went to, um, of like you know the way that rumors would spread and the way that like you're you're kept in this like controlled environment where information is told to you when you when people feel like you need to know it, not not when you need to know it, but like when others deem it appropriate <laughs> for you to know it, um, and just seeing the people who like buy in and become company men when you're like they don't give a shit about you they don't they don't give a shit about you um, right it it's just it's a rough scene like this this whole bit and you go from that and i'm i, I know i'm kind of moving quickly but you go from that to like i put that together with you know what happens when when Olaf has his you know episode at the very tail end of this this episode, um, and Olaf, you know, it appears to me like he he loses. We find out he has a stroke, but it appears yeah. he loses touch with reality, um, and it just it hit home very. Like I, I looked, I saw dementia in his face, and like I've had you know personal interactions with people in my family with dementia, and I saw that, and then he's like. Like he going, uh, it, it just it's it's very rough to see. Like it's very realistic, um, and him just dying, laying there dying in the hallway, uh, and just, like yelling for help. And they're like, "Yeah, uh, I'm doing way. the best thing I can for him." Like killing him is literally the mercy here. Oh, which it is was... just whew, fuck, man. It's. You know, you can tell there is genuine care from Kino to to Olaf when he's you know he's he's putting his rep on the line for Olaf and he says he's only got forty shifts left. He's tough. He's tough as a screw. I just need to get him through. I just need to get him through. Um, and the medic doctor guy says, you know, he's not going to get through. Like, yes, yeah, this he's is this med- is the end. He kills him. Like he flat out. I mean, you can say euthanize, you can say, you know, helps him pass on, whatever you want to say. He kills him. Yeah, say, say he, what you want. But dress it up however you want, but he kills him. Um, and I, I would say I think he is, he thinks he's doing that man of mercy um, in that moment because the information that the medic then turns around and shares with Andor and, and Kino is that the reason for you know all the recent uncertainty in the prison and the reason for 
you know, the the fighting is that the, the fucking prison guards release a man, a man gets off level four, but then gets put back onto level two the next day. Um, yeah. And it probably caused a riot is, is what I'm interpreting, right? And uh, well, I, I even think it could just be information. Like, like what a, whatever like just just kill him like who who cares like the information we didn't want this information to get out it is out therefore make that information go away it kind of confirms my theory right like i mean that the it's the ship columbus numbers, <laughs> yeah the ship numbers weren't changing well the ship numbers are changing but now it's just like it doesn't fucking matter Pord basically says i can do whatever i want with you like i can move you around i can until you die um but right uh, man that was that was rough that was was yeah this is a tough a tough scene it's i don't know how you transition from that other than to say you know when you see it is i i think that that to me is the scene that leaves me with hope is that you leave this you leave this episode you know, with Kino realizing I'm not getting out of here. It doesn't matter what my number is, right? And when Andor asks him, you know, like for help, Kino says there's never more than 12 guards on <laughs> any level. And when I tell you I got goosebumps when that happened. Like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I was like, here we go. Like, this is, it's it's on now. Like, we got to fight. Um, I mean, if this is not the best episode of this show i i don't know i don't know how it gets better like i i mean it's gonna it's definitely going to next week but like fuck this is good like this is really 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 good and i really really need it to be wednesday man like i i can't wait i'm I'm ready like like let's let's go i i say this every week and i'm like and then i never i never watch it on wednesday this is going to be the week that I watch it on Wednesday. Like, good Lord willing and the little monster <laughs> letting me. Um, uh, I'm watching this shit on Wednesday because, like, I need to know what's going to happen. Um, shit. This is a good show. This is a really fun show to talk about. I mean, it's just, there's a lot that happens and there's a lot that I feel like. I remember I feel- now Star Wars is getting political. Yes, that's now, right. As of as of now, thank you, the Atlantic or Variety. Who I, I don't remember who it was, but it's we, like this is this show. This show is like, and all of them really like that was. I mean, I guess I talked a little bit about this online. It was like th- this show is like deeply political, and this series, like all of Star Wars, like all of sci-fi, is meant to be deeply political. This this feels like like very here's where you're headed kind of thing. Like warning, warning, like turn around. Danger. Will Robinson. Yeah. Um, Man, I just, we know, we know how this ends. We know that this ends with Andor dying, but I feel like giving us this story and kind of opening this door. There's there is an article that we didn't talk about, um, but that there was an article this week about how this, show is giving context to if you remember in a new hope 
you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi says to Luke at one point about this specific time that these were the dark times, right? Yeah. And I think, I don't think we've ever seen that before. Like, we've, we've just seen the, the Empire as, like, oppressive. They're in charge. They, they give out rules that people don't like. And that's really it. We've never seen them. I mean, there have been books, but we've never physically seen them do, like, testing on humans or you know performing genocide on a race of species you know just because they want their planet this is this is that fleshing out of you know these were the dark times like yeah. these are not people to root for these are not people to be you know supporting yeah this isn't this isn't like putting a you know blue, was the blue blue line punisher sticker on your car like get no. get fucked like, no Boy, that poor sticker has really taken some abuse at our hands on this podcast. I'm just gonna I mean we really, really well hate should. that sticker. But I as, believe it I believe that's earned. Yeah. I I'm not arguing. I'm not saying that we should, you know, support it. I'm just saying it's just that's like our, you know, that's our, our favorite punching bag, if you will. Um <laughs> it is a punching bag, that is for sure. It is. But that's where we leave it, man. I feel like, you know, I kind of condensed the the breakdown or the, the rundown of the show a little bit, but I do feel like it was kind of, we're kind of approaching that like choke point of like, you know, this is how this season ends. Um, yeah, we're picking up speed. It's like a roller coaster. Like we have definitely passed, you know, we've got three episodes left and like we're approaching that big, that big, big drop, and we've got to get going if we're going to make it all the way up the other side. And I just, I, I'm excited. I, I can't wait for Wednesday. I, I know that it's going to be frustrating because, as previously mentioned, we have three more of these, which means that this week's show is just going to leave us that much more wanting next week's show. Right. <laughs> and then the show after that is going to be around Thanksgiving, um, which I'm just going to, I'm going to put this on the table now. I can feel what's going to happen is that this show is going to be approaching. Like, let me just, let's logic this out for a second here. Um, looking at a calendar. Um, if this show has three weeks left, we are in the first week of November. This is going to probably drop the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. If I had to bet will be the last, the last episode of Andor. Which means that right around the time that I'm traveling for Thanksgiving, um, I'm going <laughs> to have to wait because I'm going to have my very young son um, while we are trying to, to you know, coordinate travel for him for the very first time as we go down to my wife's house or my wife's family's house um, to celebrate Thanksgiving. That's going to be a lot of fun trying to watch the finale of Andor around <laughs> the same time as Thanksgiving happens. Um, very exciting. This is a very niche problem for only a very small number of people, mainly just me. Um, but uh, it but is going to be a problem. It is going to be a problem for me. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. So, yeah. So I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to sneak out and <laughs> Look, I'll be I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> The problem is, is that we've already sort of made arrangements. Um, Florida State plays on Friday this year as opposed to on Saturday. On, an, on a normal year, this is just total, you know, my, my life. But on a normal year, we, we stay in town when Florida State, Florida plays here in Tallahassee because we're going to the game. 
uh, but we haven't been home to, to Orlando in three years due to COVID and you know some other stuff. And my wife wants to see her family Thanksgiving, so we're going Fair. this year. Um, which, yeah, it's not an unrealistic thing to ask for. Yeah, but um, but damn. So, <laughs> so Thanksgiving is on a Thursday. So I'll just stay in Florida, play on a Friday. We've already both we both want to come home for the game on Friday because it's a night game. So we are uh, we're leaving bright and early on Friday, which is also known as Black Friday, to drive <laughs> in all of that traffic back up Tallahassee in time to drop my son off with my parents and then go to a football game. That's going to be a busy three days um, in this family's house. Um, so. You know, that one I will probably have to wait until, you know, maybe Saturday to watch Andor. Um, but anyways. First world problems. Exactly. Exactly. If you've got these problems, then like, look, I mean, we're life doing is, all right. Life is pretty good. We're doing okay over here. But, buddy, I, I is there anything we didn't talk about this week? I feel I feel like we hit all the points. I think so. Um, I, I mean, if, if the internets want to tell us that we missed something or that we're wrong, Please, please do on a Alice. at Nerd's House of on yeah. um, on Elon Musk's new uh, personal messaging service. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna stay on Twitter um, for the time being. We're not gonna buy the blue check mark. Oh um, come on! Like you don't want to you don't want to spend eight dollars to be like, hey, I'm cool. Eight dollars a month. Oh um, yeah, that's right. Eight dollars a month. That'll that that's what we'll we'll finally cave to to have a Patreon so that we can have the blue check mark. So that we can post long videos, we don't post anything on there. Just talk to us on there. It's literally there for us to message people. Like, yeah. if people talk to us on Discord, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, fuck Twitter. Yeah, who cares? We just talk on Facebook anyway. I mean, we're gonna stay for now. We're gonna try and be a little bit more active. I, I will say it's it's been it's hard Until to manage it all. Collapses it's into its own puddle of hubris. It's it's hard to manage all of these social media sites. I will say there's a there's a lot to to do with uh you know putting your stuff out there but hey look i did we, i did see an amazing tweet before so it's like yeah i did not realize like how much fun it would be to troll the world's richest man but it is delightful like it, it's some paraphrase of that like this is magical like because he's going down and responding to like individual people who are like you're a dumb businessman and he's like shut up nerd <laughs> these none of these people matter man like none of this matters like and you're it's, like super worked up about like a troll literally sitting in their basement going, ah, fuck that dude. It's great. Like it is, it is just, just chef's kiss. Love it. Like, love to see note, it. I do enjoy that today was the day that like all these people had decided to um, like change their name and their AV to uh, Elon Musk and like tweet <laughs> as Elon Musk to the point where he had to come out and say, like, if you're going to be a parody account, you have to call yourself a parody. Like, they're suspending people on huh. Twitter who are making fun of I thought it was full them. free speech. Yeah. At all times, no matter this what. This is going to end really, really well. <laughs> so that's well. that's exactly, because free speech costs $8 a month. <laughs> America. Oh, fucking America, right? It's going to end so well. Honestly, it, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's freaking Twitter. It's joy. Just sheer Twitter. joy, man. But... 
Well, for that's now, a good. I guess about five minutes ago is a good place to leave it, so we'll leave that to the editor's hand. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll find a place to cut on. Yeah. We we you know we're gonna it's we, we it, it's nine o'clock now, so the editor's gonna get started here. Um, but look, it, it's this was a fun episode, so I'm glad we got to do this, and I, I will say once again, simply thank you for listening. Um, thank you for making us part of your week. Like we really enjoy doing this, and this is. It's nice to be able to put something out and have people, you know, receive it and the method that we put it out and, you know, yes, keep consuming it. So thank y'all very much. And I think we'll let the snark take us out as he always does. May the force be with you. Talk to you guys next week. Well,